So this is what's controversial with me. I have a topic that everyone rejects. Okay, what is that and topic? I'm gonna give that to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Choices are an ego for us to dispel mistakes that we made that we don't wanna learn. It's five years, not even five years ago, I had to learn to Whoa. talk again. My brain was shut down. I had no cognitive awareness at times. I was depressed, I would get angry, I had frustration, I had no patience. My whole life was turned upside down having had all this success. Right. I had to learn about the brain. Give love to your power. Give love to things that are challenging you. Give love to your career that you want to go. Give love to exploration and curiosity if you're not sure what you do. I love my life. If you tell yourself enough times you love it, you will find things that are love. Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. In this episode, we have a friend that I just met, Dan Metcalf. Now, he has a little bit of a background in musical theater, but he has... Had found success in Hollywood making feature films as well as you're like doing physical therapy on my grandma. They say a jack of all trades is a master of none, but you seem to actually be a master of a wide range of different things. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Danny. I really appreciate you having me here and giving me the opportunity to talk. And if I can help anybody or I talk about planting seeds, if I can plant a seed that gives someone a thought that then they water and they mature then it's been beyond worth it because, again, our future is golden when we invest in ourselves and our dreams. Wow, I feel like I, I, I just read a motivational book. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So we actually, uh, you, you're a soccer player too, at least in your youth, and that's been something that you've been interested in, and, and you helped uh, make the film Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell that, that we watched last night <laughs> that that was pretty entertaining and good so so you've been in hollywood for a couple decades now right Correct. um what would you say your role is in hollywood like what's the main thing that you do well i was always in front of the camera you know having gone from playing the lead in android weather shows around the world and then transitioning across into the movie aspect you know being the other side of the camera um or i should say in front of the camera it was always a passion. And I think you've got to live with a passion. Find out what is it that you love to do, but even more, why do you love to do it? Because there's many different reasons that success comes. And if you don't invest into the why, then you'll end up losing the passion. Because sometimes in every business, it doesn't matter whether you're at the highest level of your business or at the start of your business, there's always a point where you wake up some days and goes, why am I doing this? Because it's a struggle. Right. There's no successful business out there that doesn't have thousands upon thousands of hours where you could quit, where you want to give up, where you turn around and go, I'm not sure this is what I want to do. But if you have your why in place, then it all falls back into place. And I suggest that people write that down and put it on their bathroom mirror or in their office. So at any point you're struggling, you turn around, that emotional connection comes back in. So... I went from you know on stage to in front of the camera and then found that I had a gift for leadership, for creating projects, working with the incredible Mark Burnett on a documentary that I shot, Mark Burnett, from The Survivor and The Apprentice, Celebrity Apprentice, The Voice, uh, Shark Tank, Smart in the Fifth Grade, a Bully Beard, so many shows. He's kind of the mind behind all these shows he, here? Yeah, he, he's the uh, exec producer and owner of those shows. He's an incredible guy and I learned a lot from him. And I'll tell you a story at some point during this interview, which sure. is a, awakening, remind on that one. But you've got to follow your progression in life. And I found that having been in front of the camera, my natural progression was to go in and start producing, second unit directing, uh, being offered to direct feature movies. And it came from my vision. And so this is the first thing I'd love to share with your listeners. I call it H-L-O-E. Hello. H-L-O-E. Right. It stands for highest level of excellence. 
See, the only thing that you have in this world that's better than everybody else is yourself. And if you don't tap into your highest level of excellence in everything you do, you will become the same as everybody else. Because if your highest level of excellence is the only thing that's unique, how can anybody turn that down or avoid it? Because nobody can compete with you. Now, it's very hard to do. We have bad days. We have arguments. We have these emotional ups and downs. Sure. Because we've got this passion that's driving us. But if in every situation you can attempt to be your highest level of excellence, you'll never fall below the average and you'll learn to raise your level. So, so if you find your why and you understand that, then you can kind of get into what is my highest level of excellence in this why. And then from there, you can live in your purpose. You also, though, you attract the right people around you. Because we're always part of teams. If you can't work within a team, you won't survive in this world. And I'm not just talking about surviving in business. If you think about it, everything you do is as a team. So if you're stuck as an individual, as a survivor on a desert island, you're still part of a team. Because your team now changes from people to environment, to weather conditions, to food sources. Oh, interesting. And so you need to work. So whatever your environment is... You need to be able to work with the team for your highest level of, its, of success. And so by, like you said, commit to the why, your purpose, your highest level of excellence, you'll attract people of the same, but you'll also recognize people that aren't the same and remove them before they contaminate you. Mm. And so you don't want to be dragged down by people that say, mm, I want to be part of your success because you're going somewhere and I don't want you to go there without me, rather than the right people that I love your passion I love what you want to do. I'll help you get there. That's what you want to search for. Cool. So let's take a step back. What would you say is your why? Why are you, have you chosen this entertainment field? That's a great question. And I see the evolution of everything I've gone to, to be where I am today. So it's very hard to find your why when you feel like you're chasing your dreams. Right, because it's hard to find your why when you're chasing your dreams. Yeah, because it's an internal mechanism that you just gravitate to. So when I wanted to be a professional soccer player, I just trained. I didn't understand why, and I'm get to where we're going on that one. So I just train and train because I love football, soccer. Yeah. So you keep doing it, but you don't actually understand why it is that you're doing it. But I, as I matured and as I began to look at the other careers that I was, you know, naturally taken into. I began to realize I love impacting people's lives. So you say, well, how's that with soccer? Well, when I was a player, I wanted to be the best player on the field because I wanted the fans that showed up to love the game. I wanted to leave or have them leave with an experience that they thought was, you know, day-changing. It's not going to be life-changing, but sure. they felt better. Then when I was playing the lead in Lord Android Webber shows, I was this star on stage. I had bodyguards when I was in Japan touring and all this different stuff. But I never felt like a star, like you're lucky to be with me. I realized on stage I had two and a half hours to impact the audience to leave with a better feeling of life than when they first walked in. Because we knew the audience. Maybe they got bored a ticket, but they weren't interested in the show, but they showed up. Their friend was saying, or maybe their dog had passed away that day and they felt horrible, but they paid for the ticket. Or someone really wanted to see the show. Nobody was more or less important in my performance, even if their reason for coming was different. So once I began to evaluate that and realize, and then I went into other areas. I was a head coach on the Olympic development program, training players that wanted to go pro. Then I opened my own gyms. And then I was creating um, feature movies with Universal and DreamWorks and all this other stuff. I began to realize everything I did was about being in a position to positively impact other people's lives. That became my why. Why do I do? Because I love when people can step away, whether it's my products I've created whether it's a show that I've helped create or created, whether it's training somebody, I wanted everybody to feel better leaving me than when they first walked in. Wow, that's very good. You know, I feel like a lot of people attach their why to maybe a very specific job or a career or their purpose in life is their job. And you have taken an approach to break it down to such almost a, a very powerful but wide scope of positively impacting other people and this allows you to kind of be fluid in your career path and your passions and interests 
but while maintaining that very same goal of impacting others. So that, that, that's pretty powerful. Thank you. Do you, you remember a movie called Flashdance? No. Okay, it was a movie back from the late 80s, I believe. And there's a line in there that I love. And it says, when you give up your dreams, you die. And think about it. So much of our life is being told by society what we should be. Right. We should go to college, get the degree, get the house, get the girlfriend or then the wife, then get your dog, then have the kids. There's your white picket fence. You'll be happy forever. That's someone's perception, but we're all so different. It's like when someone tells, goes into a school and tells kids, this is how you'll be happy. We're actually robbing people of their dreams because mm-hmm. we're all wired different. So when you can turn around and understand who you are and what makes you happy, you're not wrong no matter what anybody says. You have to find a way to make that your life. You still have to make a life with it, but if you understand, again, the why and the passion behind what your happiness is, you can provide happiness for other people too. You know, I I ask a lot of young people what their dreams are because that is something that I'm interested in to find out what other people are interested so that, you know, maybe we can align and I can help them. And so I asked hundreds and hundreds of young adults what their dream is. Can you guess what the number one dream is? Being an influencer? Close. Number one answer I got was, I don't know. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like binging Netflix and eating food and taking naps. I mean, that's, that's a lot of young people's mindset is they, they don't know what they want to do. So for those young people out there that maybe are struggling to find that why, find that purpose, find what they want to do with their life, what they want to pour their, their time and energy into, what would you tell them to maybe how to find their dream? Explore. What do you mean? There's a lady called Eleanor Roosevelt, and she said, stay curious. And she was talking to the aging community, which said, you know, don't be willing to take your place by the fireplace Mm. and watch the world go by. She said, stay curious. Now, think about it. When we were kids growing up, we weren't conscious of where our life was going to go. We lived day by day. Right. But we played in so many things. Well, we may have had influences coming in saying, you've got to take your piano lessons. You've got to play sports. You've got to go to dance class. But we were still active. We were still exploring, even if it was under somebody else's control. Once we get a little bit of freedom to decide for ourselves, we now sometimes sit down and go, okay, I'll wait for it to come to me. Mm. And then what happens is we turn off the brain. Now, we know movement creates everything from serotonin to uh, you've got the endorphins that go, the dopamine that comes out, the BDNF, all these different chemicals that are naturally released from our from our brain and our muscles, which give us that energy and excitement in life. It's natural. It's a greater high than any drugs that you can find out there because you're moving. Yeah. If you stop exploring and giving yourself the freedom to say, I'll go here, even if it's wrong, because from that, I haven't failed. I haven't lost. I now realize that's not right. What's it driven me to? And as you begin to drive two new areas, your brain opens up, you continue to explore, and you will find what you're meant to be doing. See, there's three laws of nature. The first one is whatever you fight grows stronger. So if you fight wanting to work, Mm. what happens is the stronger resistance comes in of wanting to explore, so you become more lazy. The second one is whatever you chase runs away. Think about it. Everything you chase disappears. So Mm. don't chase things, explore, and just adventure. And the last one is whatever you resist persists. Let me say that again. Whatever you resist persists. So if you refuse to learn the lesson in life, what happens is it stays there until you awaken to what you need. I'll I'll give you another example, but I saw you wanted to say something there. Well, oh man, it's like what you're saying is it seems seems almost not right. If you chase after something, you would think that you would eventually reach it and then get it. Uh, it seems almost like this dichotomy. It seems like these opposites, but when you're saying this stuff, it rings so true. Yeah, so for example, if you, let's just say there's an a injured dog, but it's scared. So you run after it, it runs away out of fear. But if you give the love and you kneel down and you go to its height and you reach out, eventually it will begin to trust you and come to you. It's the same with things in life. If I chase it, 
I'll often make the wrong moves because I'm not cognitive of each step. I'm going faster than I can be aware. Mm. If I then turn around and go, okay, I'm going to do the work. I'm not going to chase it, but I'm going to put my love into what I want to do. The opportunities start to find you because everybody else that's chasing is pushing and it begins to turn back into your direction. So it's not about being lazy. It's not about waiting. It's do the work, highest level of excellence, put the love and passion of your why into what you do and the opportunities, it's amazing how it starts to come to you. Yeah, you know, I, I've noticed in my own life, to get, to get a little open with you, I've noticed how I've kind of picked this path of independent filmmaking, of this serving leadership. I, I, I like my life, but I have noticed this. I've stopped exploring. I've stopped being super curious about new opportunities and new options because I feel so comfortable. And in this comfortability, I'm quite uncomfortable. And it's, it's quite, I don't want to use the word depressing, but it is, uh, I don't like the stagnation at all. I like to constantly be on the upward trajectory and I feel like I'm, I'm at this plateau. And so I've gotten a lot of opportunities lately, certain companies reaching out to me to film for them, a studio out in California that wants me to come do like a little bit of an internship. And I am so obsessed with this idea of freedom that I have to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, that I find myself not doing anything. And that's, I hate it. So I'm really at a, at, at a fork in the road right now of which, which path to go down. And this conversation is quite inspiring because what you're saying is like you can go down a path and if it's the wrong path, that's okay because you learned from it. Well, let me tell you, first off, you are backwards right now. The progression in life, the biggest enemy of success is comfort. Mm. So, and, and I'll give you a little analogy. You, instead of being uncomfortable being comfortable, you've got to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Ooh. Reverse it around, right? So, the only guarantee in life, the only consistent thing in life is change. Right. And if you refuse to have change coming on, it's going to happen anyway, but the change is internal rather than external. Think about it. If you've always been exploring and excited about business, and you go, well, I'm kind of comfortable where I am, the change is going on inside you. If you turn around and go, I'm comfortable, I don't want to be comfortable because I want to grow, I'm going to go into uncomfortable situations and I'm going to become comfortable in them mm. because now the growth is internal rather than external. Now, I'll tell you a little story. I was coaching a, a U10 soccer team and I had a, it was a super little team, the nine-year-old you know, boys that are out there playing. And we played against this team that was the same age but had much bigger kids. They had matured earlier. We played a great game and we lost 5-2. This was in the State Cup Championship mm. early rounds. And all the kids are crying. The parents are all upset after the game. Not upset at the way they played because they were the better team. But the other team had a big kid at the back, kick it long up front, big kid up front, run fast, and everybody push through and score. So we're leaving the field. And I said to the kids, okay, everyone come and sit down. The usual coaches talk. And all yeah. the other parents, all, there's like 30 fields there. So they're all walking past. I said to all the kids, okay, sit there, put an L on your forehead. So all the kids go, and we're talking about nine-year-old kids, right, <laughs> sitting there like this. And all the parents are like, oh my God, what's that coach doing? All the other parents from other teams are like, what an ass. Right. Look at this guy with an L on his head. <laughs> I said to the kids, what, is that? what does that mean? We're losers. I said, maybe, unless you learned. So what does that L stand for? Because if you refuse to learn, you're a loser. Mm. But if you learn, you can't lose. I said, in years to come, you'll play that team and you'll never lose them again because you were the better team they had more strength today because of age, something we can't control. And it was incredible how those kids turn around because every level, and this might be the greatest thing I'll say today, every level has its own devil. Think about this. Every level has its own devil. You ever played a video game? Yeah. Remember stage one the first time you got it? And at the end, before you get to stage two, there was this like major battle that you had to have and then you couldn't beat it the first and then eventually you beat it and you're like, oh, I got through. I don't want to play them again. You go to level two and level two starts a little lower, but when you get to the top of level two before level three, there's a harder monster to beat right. or, or enemy to kill. Eventually you get to level 10. When you go back to level one, 
how hard was that one that you used to struggle? Super easy now. And you're bored, yeah. right? Yeah. So now think about this. In life, every level has its own devil. It's a game we're playing. And the game is society. It's our friends. It's our enemies. It's our dreams, our career, everything that's going on. Until you learn the lesson that's holding you back from the next level, you always get stuck at that level. And if you blame everybody else in the game, the bombs come in too fast. I don't know. It's a different pattern every time. It's impossible. You won't beat it. But as soon as you relax back and go, okay, what is the lesson I have to learn? That's when you beat. And so in the situation that you're at right now, what is the lesson life is trying to teach you whether to take that adventure or whether to turn around and say, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm just going to stay here. The risk is zero because you can always come back to level one. Oh. But if you turn it out and say, I will go. When you come back to level one, you'll be better than when you left because you learned and realized and recognized. So I say to people, recognize this. You're not a loser if you learn. Be willing to learn because you can never lose when you do. Take that step. A champion is not someone that is first across the finish line. Put this in your head. A champion is someone that's willing to step over the start line, not knowing the, the path ahead and what you're going to encounter, but you're willing to take the journey. That's a champion. A winner can be the first person over the line, but a champion is willing to step over the start line, not knowing the journey ahead. That is very, very interesting. Because when I think of a champion, I, I do think of somebody who consistently wins. But it, it's, it's not really about that. It's My dad always says that a champion is somebody who falls down seven times and gets up eight. That doesn't allow the failures in, in life to reach a point where you just go, I failed, I'm done. You don't fail until you quit. So that's 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 a very interesting take on a champion is somebody that that starts not knowing where they're going to end up. And so what was a moment in your life that you felt like you were at a fork in the road that you were exploring trying something new and you didn't know what to do and then and then you took that chance. Well, let me start a preface that by I came up with this idea of a champion. I used to race the Iron Man. And I was up in Canada in Penticton racing up there. And I was at the start, there's 2,000 athletes waiting for the cannon to go off the, after playing the Canadian National Anthem. And we all ran in the water. And I'm near the front and we're swimming. And the, you're talking about a lot of people chasing each other down in Okanagan Lake. Someone put their hand on the back of my wetsuit and pushed me under the water to get ahead of me. You know, just as they're swimming, they're going through, they grab, push me under. I'm like, I'm under the water. I go to look up. There's 2,000 people swimming over me. There's nowhere to come back up. And I'm running out of air. Mm. And I'm panicking. And within the panic, I couldn't breathe anymore. And this peace came over me. As the peace came over me, I calmed down. I looked around and I saw a little pocket in amongst all these people that I get to. So I swam underwater to that area, popped up. Completely calm, but as soon as I had the oxygen, <gasps> and I'm breathing, I'm like, I can't do this, I can't do this. I spent six months training for this event, spent a bunch of money flying up there and staying, and I was ready to quit. I couldn't catch my breath. I was panicking because the reality came out. I went from a, a stress to a complete calm to a complete stress again. And I sat in the water for about a minute, which is a long time in a race. A lot of people had gone by, and I went, Dan, you spent all this time training. You're good enough. Why are you stopping now? Because if you stop now, you're just going to have to start another race all over again. Whenever you quit, you have to start again. And yet I've done all the work. Why quit now? Mm. I ended up having a fantastic race, ended up finishing great. And when I crossed the finish line, 30% of people in an Ironman will go to the hospital or the, or the medical tent afterwards Whoa. because of the stress on the body. I stayed at the finish line for another se over seven hours and helped people that came into the medical tent. I'm still dressed in my I felt great. But along the way, I saw bike crashes. I saw people with their heads split open. I saw uh, runners running 20 miles into the 26-mile you know, marathon at the end of everything. And for those that don't know, it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then you run a marathon. Or uh. in the back to back to back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember about a mile from the finish line, this guy who was just in front of me was running, and suddenly his whole body seized up. 
it was like he had a complete body cramp, frozen, fell over on the ground and was lying there, not screaming in pain, but ah. Uh, I didn't want to stop and help because I didn't know what would happen to my body, but I'm shouting to people, someone come and help, come and help him. And I kept running, which sounds kind of cowardice, but I knew there was a lot of, we got thousands of people on the side and people were running out. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was no less of a champion than I was crossing the line because he gave everything. He did mm. everything he could. And it was afterwards when I was reflecting on the race. It's like, that's what a champion is. He didn't know. Nobody that crashed, nobody that finished went with the intention of not finishing. But something happened that stopped him. But I guarantee you, all of them learned a lesson that day that was far beyond the race. Right. It was far beyond their dreams. It brought them back to reality. So in business and taking this back to the viewers, you're going to go through struggles, as your dad said. You get knocked down seven, you get back up the eighth time. You right. keep going. The lessons you learn on the knockdown help you protect yourself when you get back up again. And the level of business you want to go to would determine how many hits you're going to have to take. And once you do, Thomas Edison, 100 times, failed with the light bulb, right? With the electricity, all the different stuff. Right. When they said to him, after 100 failures, <laughs> right? Loser. How did it feel <laughs> fading a hundred times? He said, I didn't. I just figured out another way it didn't work. He never saw it as a failure. So mm. I think your dad's 100% right in what he's saying. We all hear this stuff, but at what point do we take it in and say, I refuse to give up? I'm going to go on to something that's pretty heavy, if you're ready for that. I am, yes. Okay, this is pretty heavy. Let's do it. And I would start this off by saying, when I went from professional soccer clubs to show business, to be a dancer. I was a ballet dancer, jazz tap. I was waiting to go into the Royal Marines. I'd done eight years with the cadets. Shaved head, muscles running with 50-pound backpacks. And I wanted to do um, aerobics to get supple for mountain climbing so I can go and join the special forces. And the teacher there, my mum had said, you should go to this place for aerobics because I said I you know, missed dancing. My sister was a dancer. She said, you should become a dancer. I'm like, what do you mean a dancer? I'm a man's man. What do you mean a dancer? <laughs> and... She dared me to go for an audition. So I went for an audition for you know, a laugh because I was waiting for my papers to come in to sign up for the Marines. And the people there, after auditioning me, said, we're going to give you a three-year full scholarship to start in two weeks' time. And I had this big decision to have to make. Wow. And so I decided to go into the dance world because I knew I could always go back to the Marines at any point. I was super fit. It was an experience. And if it went the way I wanted it to go, I'd have a great life as well. The day before I started, and this is the whole point, the day before I started my theater school, my dad took me to see a show called Starlight Express. I'd never been to a theater show before. This was one of the top earning, grossing theater shows of Andrew Lloyd Webber, who did Phantom and Cats and Jesus Christ Superstar and wow. Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat. I mean, he's the Huge. greatest, he's the greatest composer of all time. At the end of the show, I was blown away. Most incredible show. My dad looked at me, what do you think? I went, oh. God, this was amazing. I'm looking around the theater. Those actors, they're incredible. I mean, wow, I never thought there'd be something. I'd never been to a theater show. Sure. My dad say, said, one day you'll be in that show. And I looked at my dad. I said, I'll never be good enough. And these are the eight words that my dad said to me that changed my life. Somebody has to do it. Why not you? Somebody has to do it. Why not you? And that's it. Because someone is going to be in that show. Someone is going to create a business that's your passion. Someone will get a position in a company that's your dream. Somebody will create something that they're struggling with, but they stay persistent and they find a way to make it work. Why not you? And that can really be at any level of anything. I mean, I, I think that same exact thought when the sink is filled all the way up and I go, hey, you know, somebody's got to clear this sink. Why not me? As, and it's like, it can be that minute all the way to being in a Broadway level production. And you actually went on. We just saw a clip. Uh, you were a little embarrassed about it, but you, we, we just saw a clip of you in the Starlight Express. Yeah, it's, again, I played the lead character. I played it in London, Japan for a year, uh, Germany, and then I opened the show for Lloyd Webber in Las Vegas. And <laughs> That's it, awesome. It was, and I did a lot of other shows in between, a lot of TV and movies. But I, what happened was when roadblocks came along, someone's going to get through them. Why not you? They stopped being roadblocks and they became obstacles. And the obstacles were set there to teach me a lesson before I went to a level that would destroy me. But if I didn't learn mm. the le level, 
I wouldn't even get to be destroyed. I just wouldn't get further forward. So when we talk about you and looking at the opportunities you have, you will never know what you would learn unless you get past the obstacle, which is your comfort, and mm. say, hmm, it's time for me to remove the obstacle of comfort because I will learn more. And like I said, you can always come back, but you can't always go forward unless you're willing to take that step over the start line and become a champion. Let's take a quick break from the show to hear from Dr. Andrea Hazin, the president and founder of Elevate Life Educational Foundation that makes TLT movement possible. There's never been a more critical time to elevate your life. We are starting a movement, TLT Movement, helping tomorrow's leaders today to transform, step into their greatness, and have breakthrough in the areas of emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence so they can step out in life and do hard things, learn their identity, step into their purpose at a young age. We're training them through different courses of action. We have the STAND program, that's three days with a one-year mentorship, the LEAD experience, which is every summer a five-day, and then SERVE. So they learn that when they change their world, they can change their world, making an impact. There's nothing more rewarding than helping young people discover their identity and purpose. Help us with the TLT movement, getting these tomorrow's leaders today to stand, lead, and serve in their world. Check out our website at tltmovement.com to see our next training and mentorship. And there's a nomination form. So nominate those young people in your world. Let's get them registered today and help us to elevate life. That is so, so good. So you have been in the entertainment industry for a, a good portion of your life. I feel like, uh, would, would you be confident saying that that was like your main career? Yeah, It's my passion. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, are you still doing that now? A little bit. I mean, I just, I finished playing a head judge on a Nickelodeon TV show on uh, called Soccer Superstar. Uh, I've got my own documentary that's out on Netflix, uh, not Netflix, on Amazon, Amazon Prime and a few other channels called The Ultimate Goal, which is a real life, it's like a docu-reality show. Which we're going to link that down below. So if you want to go see it, you know. It's really inspirational. It's based, the, the journey is on a soccer team, but it's not about soccer. It's actually relationships and how you work within teams. But when I shot it, I had no idea what I was going to be shooting. We just shot real raw footage to see what the story was going to be. It's a beautiful story. So this is what's controversial with me. When I speak on the inspirational speaker circuit around the country, I have a topic that everyone rejects. Okay, what is that and topic? I'm going to give that to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All I'm going to say to you and to all the listeners is I know you're going to reject it. What I'm going to do is ask for you to keep an open mind. Okay. I've said this to many people, and I've had people that have changed their lives in one visit. In other words, they came to my talk and it changed like people that wanted to give up smoking haven't been able to for 30 years and after we had spoken in in the talk they never smoked again wow people that changed their relationships but you're going to reject me i just say keep an open mind all and right. you're welcome to ask all these things <laughs> all right? right in life we don't have choices in life we don't have choices yeah. what do you mean by that choices are an ego for us to dispel mistakes that we made that we don't want to learn. So you heard, when we turn around and go, I achieved this, look at the choice I made, it's an ego field, right? My ego field is expanding because I go, it's all about me, it's because of me. There's greater forces out there than we are. Uh, big but, time. But when I turn around and say, I have a choice, when I have success, it's because of me, how great I am. But when it goes wrong, we blame the choice. Oh, I just made the bad choice. We don't have to accept responsibility for it, even though we made that choice. Mm. So what I say is instead of choice, we have character. Right? Our character determines our path, not our choices. Our character would determine what we deem as choices. But now because it's our character, we have to accept responsibility for what we do and there's no excuse. We have to accept it. So let me ask you this question. Here's a line of cocaine. I put it down on the table right here. Are you going to take a, the hit or not? Zero option. Why not? Because I have of that is so, that's a good example because that is a real life 
I've drawn a line in the sand. I will never, ever even try it. But hang on. I'm saying you can take it or not. That's a choice. Why aren't you taking it? It's a choice. Because it's part of my character to not. A hundred percent. Right? So when you look at things that happen in your life that go on, your character would determine your path, not your choices. Wow. So when we go back and forth and we, we waver, right? I'll get up early. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get myself fit and healthy. I'm kind of tired today. I'm going to stay in bed. It's not your choices that are changing. It's your character that's not set. It's your character that's making the choices. Not, not, even, not even making the choices, okay. right? Because you can look at it. I look at it as decisions. Because choices can go, decisions are about you. Choices are about an outside force. Okay. Right? Because we're always presented with different options. Right. So the decision I make on the options would determine off of our character. So if you truly want to get fit, if you truly want to get healthy, if you truly want to do the right things, even on days you don't feel like it, you would do it because your character is set as to who you are. I'm driven. I want something. I'm willing to put in the work and nothing's going to stop me. That's a character. Here's the cocaine. No, I don't touch it. Why? Because as soon as I do, my life has changed and I don't want to become what that may lead me to. Mm. Right? Now, if you turn around one day and say, nope, I'll never do it. And then one day you have a bad day, you know, I'll just try it one time. Everyone says it's good. Your choice hasn't changed. Your character's changed. The decision to try it changed who you are. So, so, okay, so you're saying, because I've always thought a little differently. You're, you're saying that your character is a little bit more fluid. It's not locked into place. It's not like this is who I am. This is my character, the lot that I have. It is a fluid, ever-changing. You get to choose what your character is? No, your character becomes for success, right? Okay. Think about how many times you've gone into a situation and you've messed up. And you know that you should have done something else, but you weren't willing to make that commitment. So someone's starting a business. I'm going to have to work all through the night. But I don't want to start taking my coffee or my monster drink, my caffeinated drinks, because eventually it's going to weaken my own system and I'm going to drain my physiological system as well as my mental side, neurological system, because I'm now using an artificial stimulant to try and keep myself awake. And this isn't for or against, right? If you turn around and say, you know what? I need six hours sleep, but I will work harder during the next 18 hours because I got my sleep. Now you'll be more functional than relying on an outside source to keep you going. That's your character, not a choice. But if you turn around and say, you know what, I'll have caffeine today. And, and again, I don't criticize anybody that takes caffeine. Sure. I'm using this as an example. I'm not willing to take the sleep I need to get more done in 18 hours. I'll drag through 24 because I think... I'll be better that way. It's easier just to have coffee and then waste time. Right. Why am I wasting time? Because my character isn't set to do the work. So if you look at everything and if you replace the word choice with decision, but decision is based on you as a person, not an outside force affecting you. Now you become responsible for every action. Now, again, you don't lose. You can turn around and say, I made the wrong decision because of what I believe, what I set myself in. I realize it's wrong. Now I can change my character to stick on this path. Okay, Mark Burnett, who owns The Survivor, The Apprentice, he tells a great story. He was with the paratroop regiment and they were out on a sortie one day. This was before they had all the GPSs and the stuff in there. And they were going down on this mission with the paratroop regiment and they come to a fork in the road. It's not on their map. So they sat there for over two hours trying to decide, do we go right or do we go left? After two hours, they took the left fork. 250 meters down that fork was a dead end. If they had, instead of sitting there procrastinating, trying to figure out, I said, we're going to go right. If they went right, they would have been right. They invested the time and went. If they went left, they would have found out in four minutes that they were in the wrong place, and now they're back on the right track, right? So you go into there. So that's procrastination of not making a decision but if they made the decision whichever way, they would have been right because they would have learned what was wrong. So as we have our character and we make a decision, this is what I'm going to do, now we find out it's wrong. We haven't lost. We've diverted to the right journey. And then you stick to that one till you find that you've now maximized that path. And instead of banging your head against a wall and trying to keep doing the universe, hang on a minute, now it's time to divert. But I'll stick to who I am as a person because I'm not going to be bought down off of the quick fix. 
the run, the chase, the immediate gratification, because we know that the endorphins that get released, the sense of pride, is not about the casual, quick success. It's actually about you, right? When you're successful, it's not because of the money you've bought in, because you'll spend that money trying to feel good. The success you'll have is you'll turn around and go, you know what? I went on a path and a journey that was about my quality, my standard, my highest level of excellence. And when I've achieved it, I can look around and be proud of me, not proud of things. And Mm. that's where we get lost a lot is we're so busy chasing things to make ourselves feel good. How much money do you think people say they need to have to be comfortable in life more than they have now on a percentage? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. So the average answer is 30%. If I had 30% more money, I would be happy. I'd be comfortable because once I'm comfortable, I'm happy. Problem is (laughs) we get 30% more money. What do we do? We want 30 more. Because we upgrade our life. Right. Right. We get a nicer apartment. We buy a better car. Our cost of living goes up. So now we've moved from a stress to a comfort to a stress Mm. and we keep going up. Now I call it the 2020 effect. We'll spend $20 on a product that we don't want that makes us feel good for 20 minutes and then we're gone. (laughs) Five of those, you got $100. For $100, you may have gone on a trip for a day. There's something that becomes a memory. But we keep spending that $20 in investing. Now, if I gave you a million dollars and said, now you'll be happy. You're like, oh, great, I got a million dollars. So you go and buy a nicer house. And you go, hang on a minute, I'm not happy. I need $2 million. So you commit more <laughs> to work. You stop living, you get your $2 million, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to $2 million, you go, hang on a minute, I'm still not happy. I need $5 million. But you know what? They're a risk to me. They take my money. These people, if I get more money, they're going to want it. My friends are going to start using me. So I'm going to eliminate my friends. Now I'm going to work harder. Now I see my bank account growing. I got $5 million. Now I'm not happy. I don't have my friends. I've chased something that can never bring me the inner peace. And sure, money's great. Don't get me wrong. It's really good to have it because it gives you the opportunity to show who you are. Money is not the re- root of all evil. Let me the, say that again. The love of money is the root of all the greed. evil. Right. Right. It's, it's not so much money, in my view, it's more of an amplifier of your character as opposed to making you into a better person or a worse person. Absolutely. Think about it. Money gives you the opportunity to show who you are. Mm. Right? Greed gives you the opportunity to take all you want. Say that again. Money gives you the opportunity to show who you are. Greed gives you the opportunity to take all you want. Mm. Right? So if I have all this money, I can buy whatever I want. I can look great. My Instagram could... It's going to be popping. You're going to have likes. There's so many comments saying how cool you are. Right. And I'm going to have a life that I post it to be. Right, because a lot of people post their Instagrams. Right. It's not what they're living; it's right. what they want people to think they are. But if you give me a million dollars, and I said, you know what, I need a hundred thousand of that for improving the opportunity and quality of my own life. But nine hundred thousand, I could use to go and help that mother who is homeless with a child who's crying because she's moving out tomorrow night, and I could pay her rent for the next six months. I don't get any physical thing for it, but boy. Is my life now empowered? A lot of the top business owners, you'll find them not happy because they're working for money. Sure. If you look at the top business leaders, they're happy because they're leading happiness, which starts with themselves. You can't make somebody else happy if you're not, right? Mm. You've got to find your own. But now you're helping other people achieve their dreams, which is invaluable compared to money. Wow, that is so huge and true. I... I've actually been doing an exercise for a couple of years where I, I have a list in my f- phone of everybody in the exact amount and what I would use that amount for. Everybody in my life that I would bless, given that I reach the pinnacle of success and, and make all this honey. And I, I've set up my life that I, don't, I truly don't think that anything would really change. My friends, my family, my everyday things, my eating habits, all of this. And I think that, I love what you just said because it's so important before you get that financial success to 
build your character first because when you do it, it's just going to amplify that version of you. If you don't have that character locked in and you don't know what you stand for, you don't know what your values are, you'll allow that financial success to corrupt you. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, we talked about what are you willing to learn? What are you willing to invest into yourself? What's the character structure that you want to be? Because the ultimate in success is happiness. Right. Right, that's the ultimate in success. So let me ask you a question. If I gave you a million dollars, and every Friday I'm going to give you another million dollars, right? Sounds like a good deal. You like that? <laughs> okay. But let me ask you this then. Before we get to that, What's the most valuable thing you have in your life? My relationship with the Huawei. Okay. That's your most important, most valuable thing in life. That is my most valuable asset that if that was gone, nothing else wouldn't matter. And that's a great answer. I love that answer. On this earth, the most valuable thing you have that you've been gifted is time. Mm. On this earth, on your mortal life is time. Right. So if I gave you that million dollars every single Friday, and for the rest of your life, you're going to have it, you're never going to have to worry about money again. Absolutely. If you're walking down the street, and think about this, you've really got $100 million in the bank, you've got another million dollars in your pocket, and you go to pull out some cash, and a $100 bill falls out, it's a crazy windy day, it's flying down the road, it's raining, it's now landed in the water and it's running away, are you going to chase after that $100 bill? Nah. No, No, you won't, right? Yeah. If I said to you, here's $1,000, this has to last you the rest of your life. You can never invest it. You can never grow it. You can never get another penny. If you're walking in those same conditions and you dropped a penny on the ground and it's rolling away, are you going to chase off? Sprinting after it. Right. Great answer. You're super smart. (laughs) But it's the truth, right? People look at it and when they put themselves in reality. Time is the most invaluable thing that you have in your life so you're spending your seconds with me right now your viewers your listeners your future leaders of america are investing their time listening to this right now you don't know how many seconds you have left this is your thousand you've been given a certain amount of quantity and we're spending them every single second right right they're gone we can never get them back and we don't know when it's going to run out because we don't know what our life's going to go on. Now, if time is the most valuable thing that we have in life, what is most important to you is what you do with that time. Mm. So if you see people that turn around and say, I'm not sure what to do, I, you know, I don't really have a dream, or I'm not sure what I want to go after, you're sitting on that sofa on video games, spending time you never get back, when you've got every opportunity just to move, go explore, go try something, Go read about people that have been successful or not been successful. Sure. And start aligning your character to your direction and decisions in life of which path you want to take. Now, if you then commit and say, okay, I'm going to commit this amount of my time every day to my vision, my dream, my why, you will be further every single day. And it's not about not living life. There's over, I overworked. Right? I, was, I was addicted to work. And people would say to me, Oh, you want to go to, oh, I'm too busy. I'm so busy. And I wore it like a badge of honor. Mm. Right? Oh, look at me. I'm so busy. And people would be like, okay. And they stopped inviting me out because he's too busy. Right. I thought it was great until I stopped. And I thought about the time that I'm putting in. When I leave this life, when I take my last breath, am I going to look back and go, I'm so proud. I was such a hard worker because nobody sees the work. Nobody feels the work unless it's productive in helping other people. Right. And even then they still don't see the effort. So if I can turn around and go, okay, I'm going to commit all this time to my mission in life and then I'm going to have fun in life and this is my time and this is my character setting me up and I know when to pull the trigger. Okay, I went an hour longer. That's okay because I was enjoying my life but now it's time to get back to work because everybody on this planet has a purpose. Mm. Everyone is here. If you didn't have a purpose and there wasn't a reason, you wouldn't be here. You just need to discover it. Let me tell you how... Very simple way to understand it. Little girl's walking with her mother down in Santa Monica. And a homeless guy jumps out and scares the crap out of the mother and the daughter. And the daughter starts screaming and the mother's protecting her. The guy just stepped out and was walking away. He wasn't going to attack them. Sure. But the impression 
the perspective was I'm in danger and it freaked the daughter out. The daughter never forgot that. She goes to college. She works her butt off. She becomes a scientist. She discovers the cure for AIDS and AIDS is eliminated from this community. Fantastic. Who created that? Who created the cure? She did? The homeless guy. Why? Because without him coming out and making her scared that she didn't want to be homeless, that she wanted to make sure that she had a job and would work hard, it focused her in on something that was important to her and said, I am not going to fail in school because I have a mission here to not be homeless. Mm. See, you meet your destiny on the path you take to avoid it. You meet your destiny on the path you take to avoid it. So she didn't go out that day to go to college to be someone that would find the cure for AIDS. She went out as a young girl to just go out and spend time with her mother in a nice environment. But destiny created that moment that led that homeless man was so critical in the future of the world. He'll never know it. Right. But the action that created the future of AIDS-free world was because of him, not because of her. And that's why I say everyone has a purpose on this earth. Everyone has a mission on this earth. Everyone has something that they can reveal that would change a moment of the world forever that will encourage either somebody else to get the glory or for you to be the catalyst. We may never know it, but you're here for a reason. So don't waste that time waiting for things to happen. Make them happen by committing to you, your character, and your destiny by being curious, exploring, and getting out. That is so powerful. And I I love that example because that little girl that went to college and all this stuff, that's not in her conscious front of her mind every day as she's studying, as she's becoming the successful, powerful influencer that she became that cured this disease. She's not consciously thinking, oh, it's because that homeless guy, he scared me. It's all, it's a subconscious thought that kind of runs her. 100%. And, and, and I love that idea because I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot this year of the ripple effect of my actions on people of generations that I'll never, ever see. I'll never get the credit for. I won't ever, they won't know my name. I, I read the Ecclesiastes and it talks about how nothing that we build, nothing that we do is really ever going to, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like you're, you're going to be forgotten, but it's through the people's lives that you affect. It's a, it's a little nugget like what you just said that I internalize. I pass down to my kid that pass it down to their kid that pass it down to their kid all the way down until they don't even know who I am. But that idea, that word that you just gave me is passed down so far and so wide that you'll never see it. I'll never see it and they'll never even know where it came from. And I find that to be so powerful and you're so right. I, I, I find myself this past week, I, I like to work a lot as well. And I, I definitely put too much of my self-worth in financial success or how hard I work or how long I work for. But I've noticed that I'm starting to let go of this. And I find myself talking to my friends and having a very valuable conversation or talking to one of my mentors. And I look at the clock and three and a half hours went by and I went, oh my gosh, I was supposed to be working on that video project right now. And and now it's 9 p.m. What the heck? Where'd the time go? But I this, this past week, specifically, I don't feel bad about it at all. I'm like, this was very valuable time that I was able to glean wisdom from you. Yes, learned from it. And that just, just being with somebody, and even if we didn't walk away with some mind-blowing, life-changing thought, you at least sowed into the relationship. You strengthen that pond. And I think that that's what we're here to do is to make an impact on people and to create and develop communities. I, I, I love everything that you just said. It's quite inspiring. Thank you. It's this world right now that we're in is the toughest world that we've experienced, right, in our lifetime. But there's been greater challenges in the past but they came through them because communities came together. Right. 
what we've got a problem with right now, which makes it the, the, the toughest time, isn't the situation financially because there's a lot of cover-ups and things going on. Yeah. It's the fact that we're becoming separated as communities and now becoming individuals. Mm. And within the individual, there's a beautiful saying that Ronald Reagan had on his desk when he was president. And it said, there's no limit to what a man can do or where he can go as long as he doesn't mind who gets the credit. Wow. Wow, that's good. That was in the Oval Office at the White House. That's he so good. He said again, there's no limit to what a man can do or where he can go as long as he doesn't mind who gets the credit. We've become a very egotistical community yes. where I want to elevate my, the perception of me. My brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about me and what I've created instead of how can we create together? And you'd always find, I went to Wharton Business School, uh, the executive course online during COVID. And the first thing they teach you when it comes to growing a business, and just to explain, I came up with a product, I invented it by accident. It had tremendous success in, in the people I was helping, so much so that it was changing lives. It's called 60 Up. It's a balance training system that's incredible for the aging, Parkinson's, MS, uh, stroke survivors, um, TBIs, any neurological disease or, or challenge or just aging, it changed. I created it to help one person, Bob Eubanks, who's a massive celebrity, did the newlywed game, Rose Parade, brought the Beatles to America. Wow. Great guy. His success became the change in his life. Other people started saying, how do you do that? Who's Dan? Dan, can you come and train me? And I was able to train Shirley MacLaine, who's one of the greatest actresses of all time, my own mother, so many people. I launched this product with investors coming in, and we did $13 million in sales in the first 16 months. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Right. Some things happened within the company. I stepped aside as the CEO, creating some new product. They brought in a new CEO. And in five months, we went to bankruptcy. So mm. money is not the solver of the problems. It's the integrity. It's the standards. It's being business smart. But the first thing they taught us at Wharton, this is why I went back there, because they asked me to come back in and take the company over and save it from bankruptcy. We were over $2 million in debt. Well, Team. Your team would determine your success. Choose them wisely. Hire slowly, fire fast. If someone's wrong, don't be scared of taking on their workload while you find the right person because they will take you down mm. while you're allowing them to stay in your business. I had a great team to launch. So when it came in, I'm like, okay, we got a great team. We launched, look, we're having success. But it was the wrong team to scale because we were making a lot of mistakes that were covered up by the money numbers that made it look like we were doing great but we were being drained from underneath. Everybody else was making money but the company. And so I urge people, when you're about to launch a company, when you're building a company, hire slowly, fire fast. Don't be scared. Your company will go down and be unable to scale if you don't have the right team. Surround yourself with that right community of people. And let them invest into the company. Mm. Give them either... Um, you know, shares in the company or vested shares that as they reach certain points, they grow with it because you don't want to take someone that's great and make them feel invaluable. Make them feel valued. Make them feel part of something or give them bonuses along the way because people will work for money. Sure. But I guarantee you they'll work more for a cause. So if you attach something good to them, for example, you know what? Whoever's the top salesman this, this month would decide which charity we're going to give $1,000 to. And they're going to present a check to their charity. And we're going to go down as a company and go and meet the people from there. And we're going to hand it over. Huge. Right? That turns around because $1,000 will come and go and they'll forget that they got the $1,000. Sure. But they will never forget the experience of what it was like for that moment knowing their work benefited somebody else. Yes, that's so good. And, and it's not... And you got to know what your team, what motivates your team. Because it might be that charity for one person, but it might be something completely else. So to communicate with them, find out what would incentivize them, what would actually uh, be valuable for them to want to work toward. Which group of people is the most valuable to you in your life? My family. That's it. Yeah. Right. 90% of people will say their family, people that yeah. have bad experiences, which sadly does happen, may have a close, they may have their husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whichever it is that's the closest to them because, again, they didn't have a great upbringing. But how have I turned around and said, okay, you've done such a great job 
this month. You've been incredible for the company. I'm sending your mum and dad on a vacation to San Diego for the weekend. <laughs> I'm paying for their airfare, their hotel, all their food, and we're going to send them to a show at the same time down there. That would be huge. That, unfortunately, would motivate me a lot more than a charity. Right. Okay. No, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Because like you, well, you brought the point up, what motivates somebody? Right. Right. We're all different. So now we go and do that for your parents. How much more are you committed to that company? How much do your parents now love the company? Oh, totally. So much more. Right. Because we're giving back. Right. And so I think as soon as we begin to identify, again, it goes back to who are we? What's our character? Why is that our character? Why is this my mission? It's not about money. It's about service. But along the way, if you have your highest level of excellence, you will attract the money to come in to then allow you to serve more. And that also does include serving yourself, right? Remember, self-love is not selfish. Self-love has to happen so that you can give more love to others. Right. You can't give out of what you don't have. So you need to make sure that your cup is overflowing. Absolutely. And I think it's a beautiful message. Going back to your audience, because I, I really care that they're listening. I really care if there's anything that I can do to help plant that seed that says, you know what, I'm invaluable. I'm unique. I'm powerful. I'm on this earth for a mission that I may not understand yet, but I'm going to allow myself to explore. I'm going to allow myself to grow and discover. Most people that go to college never use the education they learn but maybe they learned what they didn't want to do, which guided them to where they, or maybe they settled and said, why am I settling for something that doesn't make me happy? I've only got one life. We all hear that all the time, right? Right. But at the same time, if I'm not happy, what's keeping me here? It's normally fear. What's fear? The fear comes from the lack of trust of who you are, not what the outside circumstances are. So I can't leave my job because I then won't be able to pay my bills and I won't be able to, and so I'm going to stay here because it keeps me miserably safe. Now, the beautiful thing wow. about your viewers, they're young, they're excited. Your future is ahead of you. We're living in a world that is so fast growing in opportunities, in a world that they understand more than we do. Right. You'll hear the, the older generation, the more senior generation go, oh, I don't understand that. It, it's stupid. We should go back to the way it was. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had to turn my brain around. Because I'd say, hang on a minute, but they're living in this world. You guys are all living in this world that's offering so many opportunities. And your advantage is you're ahead of those that have more experience. You are the experienced coming up and could remove those above you unless those above you are smart enough to realize, hang on a minute, which is where I am now. I need to learn the change. Right. It's hard. We know from a brain, okay, 2018, I was in a bike accident. I got hit in the head by a metal pole, gate coming down, and I was immediately knocked unconscious. Part of my brain died. I had a secondary impact on the back of my head. My helmet on the bike split open after already being knocked unconscious. Oh, my gosh. Broke my coccyx. I was unconscious for a number of minutes. I don't remember anything for the next about 30, 40 minutes. I still don't know what it was, but I had video of what happened. I had to learn to talk again. This is five years, not even five years ago. I had to learn to talk again. My brain would shut down. I had no cognitive awareness at times. I was depressed. I would get angry. I had frustration. I had no patience. My whole life was turned upside down having had all this success. Right. I had to learn about the brain. No doctors were saving me. People were telling me what I couldn't do anymore, not what I could do. Mm. And so I took it upon myself to learn and study about the brain because I have a life to live. Just as all of you have a life to live, you have to turn around and invest it into yourself so then you can impact. Since then, I started this company. Since then, I've been able to have an impact where I'm now talking at doctors' conventions about the possibility of what you can do because we have something called the miracle within. The miracle within is our brain. We know everything we need to know if we get out of the way and let the brain take over. Or we'll learn and put the right input in and remove the wrong input from the brain by feeding fresh, more positive inspirational but real facts and then say to the brain okay go to work i believe in you i trust you one of the things that i did was every morning i'd wake up my brain wouldn't function i wasn't cognitive of where i was often i'd lie there in bed first thing in the morning close my eyes and i would say something really special i'll tell you what that is 
Tell me one thing in life that you love. My church. Okay, you love your church. If you ask people what they love, I love my coffee in the morning. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love my car. I love my shoes. I love my purses. I love my family. Yeah. Right. Your brain is your power force. Your heart is your life force. This is the oxygen that keeps you alive. It's pumping around in your blood all the time. Yeah. Without this, you're no longer here. Your brain governs everything. The autonomic system that goes into your heart, it keeps your heart going, the autonomic system, your blood pressure, your body temperature, all the different workings, making sure that your organs are working. This happens without us thinking about it. This is so cool. Yeah. Right? How many times have you turned around and you put your hand in your hand and said, I love my brain? I don't know if I've ever done that. Okay. How many times you put your hand on your heart and said, I love my heart? So I'd say the same. I don't think I've ever done that. Have you ever had an injury on your body? Oh, yeah. Have you ever chastised it? Yeah. Like, oh, God, my knee. I can't stand my knee or yeah. all these different things, right? If you go on YouTube and search love versus hate, and I don't really actually like to say the H word. I call it the H word because I don't want to possess that in my conscious. But look at flowers. You put a seed in a pot, you water it, and you put a seed in another pot and you water it. Same sunlight, and one you write love and one you write that H word right on there. You give verbal love to this flower and you give chastised abuse to this one. This one grows beautifully. This one dies. We've actually talked about this on the show, show oh, you have? before. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I, just, I didn't need to talk Think about any relations you've been in. If one person doesn't give love to that relationship, what happens to it? It dies. It doesn't matter how much love is being given back. If one side isn't committed to it, Whoa. it will die. Whoa. Right? So now your heart, oops, your heart and your brain work for you. Anytime you give love to any relationship, you are encouraging it to thrive. And the love you give will never diminish what you're trying to achieve. If it doesn't respond in a way back, that's not because of you. That's a force that you're not in charge of. But I guarantee you, every morning I wake up, I go, I love my brain. My brain is a success waiting to happen. It's going to happen. I love my brain. It began to heal. Doctors were like, I don't know what, what's going on. <laughs> my heart, I love my heart. You're my life force. My heart will get stronger. My knee's bad. You know what? I love my knee. It's giving me a challenge right now because it's showing me how strong I am. I'm not going to wow. say it's going to heal it right. fully because there's other things that will come in, but I guarantee you it won't diminish or not heal by me chastising it, which would then is being rejected from my body. So my brain's going, we don't like that. I'll go to another area. And so you lose what you've got. So this is what I say. And this is, again, what I would say to you and I urge you, give love to your power. Give love to things that are challenging you. Give love to your career that you want to go. Give love to exploration and curiosity if you're not sure what you do. I love my life. If you tell yourself enough times you love it, you will find things that are love. Dan, I can't think of a better way to end the show. That was amazing. Very much appreciated having you on. You've got to be the most professional speaker I think that we've had on this show. I cannot wait to cut this up and put it into clips because there were just so many nuggets of golden wisdom. Thank you. And hopefully we can have you on again. I'd love to. And please love yourself, chase your dreams, but not chasing them as far as going after them. Chase the passion inside, do the work. And I promise you, you will go farther than you ever thought you could if you turn around. Give yourself love, love your life, and trust in you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the TLT Movement Podcast. If you liked what you heard, maybe it will bring somebody else in your life value too. So please share with a friend, subscribe to our YouTube, and comment and let us know what you think. Our podcast is available on Spotify and Apple, and we would very much appreciate a five-star review. Visit our site, tltmovement.com.